Our scripture today is, uh, comes from Luke chapter 15. Yeah, I'll be reading verses 1 through 7, a very familiar uh, parable of Jesus. Listen to God's word for us this morning. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors and together says, together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. I have to warn you today, this chapter from Luke chapter 15 is my favorite chapter in the entire Bible. It has probably influenced me, shaped me, as a Christian and as a pastor more than any other passage of Scripture. And we are in this series of sermons where we're taking a look at grace, trying to figure out what exactly is grace. And to know grace, it really begins with God and the nature of God. And last week we saw God as the creator God who gives just out of love and creates all that there is and gives more and more and more to us so generously. Today we're going to see another part of the nature of God in this parable. It is so important to understand the correct image of who God is. And I don't want to be so presumptuous today to say that I'm going to tell you (laughs) what God is like, but Jesus does in this parable. So important for us to get it right because how we see God, what we think God is like, really shapes who we are. You know, Karl Barth, who was probably, uh, in my opinion, the greatest theologian of the 20th century, once said this, and I'm paraphrasing, He said, tell me what you think about God. In other words, tell me what you think God is like, and I will tell you who you are. I agree with him. That's how powerful our image of God is. It shapes who we are. It shapes how we live and how we see the world. Very important question. And I want to challenge you today to really think about How do you see God? You know, when you do something wrong, sometimes, or wrong in your own mind, sometimes that is when we really see what we think about God. How do you see God? It's so very, very important. And I think this is why Jesus spends so much time talking about this. So many of the parables of Jesus, as well as other Uh, passages of scripture, other times when Jesus teaches, 
really focuses on this very question. What is God like? Jesus was trying to unmask the illusions that so many had at that time about the image of God so that they could experience the fullness of God's love and grace. In our parable today, this is exactly what Jesus is trying to do with a group of Pharisees, you know, the religious leaders, those people who tried to keep the religious law just as perfectly as they possibly could, devoted their lives to it, really, and the other teachers of the law. They were the insiders of the day. And they are upset with Jesus because he's eating with the wrong kind of people. Sinners, they called them. Unclean people who could not keep the law for whatever reason or didn't keep the law. And the religious people, the Pharisees, teachers of the law, thought that these people were outside of the scope of God's love because they were not keeping the religious law like they did. And so they're muttering. I love that word, muttering. You know what muttering is? That's when you kind of say something. You're not really talking to the person, but you just say it loud enough, kind of complaining, whining, so that they hear it. Thank God we don't do that in the church today, right? (laughs) But they're muttering. Doesn't Jesus know that if he eats with these people, these people, that he too is going to become unclean? And so Jesus points this parable right at them and us, I think, to teach us what God is really like, especially what is the love of God really like? So Jesus tells them this very simple parable. And can I tell you, this parable is full of, it seems simple, it's full of good theology. And I think that even though this parable is going to bite a little bit, it's going to sting a little bit for the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, I think he's trying to love these people and help them to see what God's love is really like. My prayer today is that we too will see God maybe in in at least a little new light today as we take a look at this parable. So let's pray to that end today. God, I pray that you would take this very simple story and speak to our hearts and minds. And God, if we don't see you correctly, may you help this great parable to help us to see you and your love in the correct way. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. So let's jump right in. What does this tell us about God? Well, it tells us we have a God who seeks for those who are lost. We have a searching God. Jesus said, God is like a shepherd who has a hundred sheep and One sheep wanders off. And this shepherd leaves the 99 behind in the open country, he says. And this shepherd goes 
and he searches and searches, and I'm saying he because they were all he's at that time, and searches and searches. In fact, the Greek word here has this connotation of desperation. This shepherd is desperately seeking for this one lost sheep. And he finds it. And he throws it around his shoulders and he goes home and he calls up his friends and say, says, come over. I have found my lost sheep and I want to have a party. That's the simple story. We have a God who searches after us when we are lost. You know, to me, this is the mo- maybe one of the most amazing things about the Christian religion. That God comes to us. Have you ever thought about that? You know, so often I think, we think, that we search after God. And that we find God. But this is some, saying something very different. It's saying that God searches after us. God initiates with us. And do you know, as far as I know, this is unique among all the world's religions. That it is a God who seeks after us. The movement is always, and I say from top down, this great God who comes to us. Remember that image of of grace being uh, a great king who, who stoops down? To a subject? This is Christianity. All other religions, as far as I know, and if somebody knows something different, please come up and tell me. We find God through our efforts. We find God by acquiring a certain body of knowledge or spirituality. We find God through um, spiritual disciplines of one, one type or another. We find God, and this is probably the most common, We find God through our good works, through being good people and trying really hard. Christianity says something very different. We have a God who humbles God's self. Wow. And see, this was a real stumbling block for the Greeks of the first century. They could not imagine a God who would humble himself to reach out to human beings. And yet we see it in the incarnation, don't we? Jesus coming to earth, humbling himself, it says in Philippians chapter 2, and coming to us. We have a searching God who finds us. You know, I've never been a shepherd. I really haven't been around sheep very much. I wasn't in 4-H, I wasn't in Future Farmers of America or anything like that, and about the only experience I've had with sheep is uh, one Christmas Eve, we had some on our chancel for a Christmas Eve service, and that didn't go so well. (laughs) I don't want to go into the details. But at, at that church, I had a colleague who was from Scotland, Kenneth Ian McKenzie. Is that a Scottish name or what? And so we were on staff together, and he happened, and this is true, 
He was Scottish, still is Scottish. He happened to be a shepherd at one point in his life in the highlands of Scotland. If you've ever been in the highlands, beautiful. He was a shepherd, so I would talk to him. I mean, this, this uh, image of God being a shepherd we see over and over and over again in, in Scripture, don't we? And so I, I asked him some questions, especially about this parable. And he said, you know, this is true. Shepherds will often go and leave some sheep and go and look for one lost sheep. And they'll search, and they'll search, and they'll search, and often they will risk their very own lives. In fact, he said he knew of of shepherds in the highlands who actually died, sacrificed, sacrificed their own lives trying to find a lost sheep. Sound like a familiar story? They would love those sheep so much. You know, there's really good news right here that I just want to point out quickly. God searches. We are so valuable to God. You know, sometimes we look at this and we think generally God goes and finds sheep. But individually, this parable is saying you matter so much to God. We matter. That he goes and he searches for us as individuals. You know, again, the only real experience I've had with sheep is when I went on a year-long bike trip throughout Europe and the Middle East, and I saw sheep in Scotland, I saw sheep in Switzerland, I saw sheep in Greece, I saw sheep in Israel. And you know what I learned about sheep? They all kind of look alike. And I thought of this parable, I thought, how does the shepherd know Well, I think what Jesus, the storyteller, is saying here is one sheep matters to God, and God knows us intimately. God knows who we are. And isn't that great news in this world today, this computerized, technological, fast-paced world in which we find ourselves, when we can so often feel like we're insignificant and and just kind of get lost? Well, this parable says, no, God knows you. And you're so valuable. You matter so much to God that he will go and find you. It's good news. God searches. Second thing, we find out about God is God is a God of grace. God is, again, just extravagant with grace. God is generous in this parable. I would say that this is one thing that Jesus tries to get across in so many of his parables, that God is a generous God. Boy, we see it in this Luke chapter 15. You know, Luke 15 is three parables, really, right in a row that Jesus teaches these religious leaders. It's the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and then, of course, the great, great parable, probably the greatest parable, the parable of the lost son. 
And in each of those parables, and then in other parables, we just see this generous God who is just over-the-top generous. You know, we see one where God is a vineyard owner, and he pays a worker who's worked one hour, comes in at the 11th hour, he pays him for a whole day of work. We see God as a lender, a money lender, who cancels this huge debt, really unpayable debt, just cancels it, forgives it. We see God as a loving father, whose son is just this bratty son who, who leaves him and wants his share of the inheritance and finally comes home, and what does he do? He throws a party for him, just like in this one, and lavishly gives him gifts. We see that God is generous and gracious. In this parable, especially, I think we see that God is it's about grace and grace alone. Why is it grace? Remember last week, I gave the definition that grace is what? The unmerited favor toward the undeserving. Unmerited love or favor toward the undeserving. And boy, we see this here in this parable, do we not? What do we know about this sheep? The only thing we know is it's lost. We don't know if it's a per particularly good-looking sheep or, or one, you know, blue ribbons at the county fair, smart sheep. We know nothing about it. The only thing that Jesus tells us about the sheep is that it was lost. It wandered off. And God goes and finds it and searches for us. This is a really interesting theological point don't miss it. What is this saying? It's, it's kind of interesting in that it's saying that it is our sins which cause God to search for us. It's our lostness that God causes God to look and search and, and find us. Man, it shatters the illusion. And this is so important. It shatters the illusion that it is somehow something about us and what we do or don't do that makes God accept us or love us. You know, I think this is probably the greatest heresy of the church. That it is something about what we do that makes God search for us when we're good. And this parable says something very different. It says, no. It's when we're lost that God goes, looks for us. You know, in my conversation with, with Ken, my friend the shepherd, he said, you know, he's, he would on occasion find a sheep and it would be happily, you know, eating away and, and he would say something to it and it would look up and get kind of this embarrassed, you know, look around and realize there's no other sheep around. Didn't even know it was lost. Kind of embarrassed look, you know, kind of a sheepish look. <laughs> I know, that's a bad joke. <laughs> Should I keep going with this? No, I'll stop. Yeah, didn't even know it was lost. Until it turns around and sees the shepherd. 
you know, that, that, was my, that was my experience with God. I didn't even know what I was missing until the shepherd found me. I wasn't looking. I was completely surprised. God comes in and finds us. And God comes to us before we even realize we are lost. As it says in Romans, God demonstrates his great love for us in this, that while we were what? Yet sinners, still sinners, still lost. Christ died for us. That's an amazing theological point. And this is the point that Jesus is trying to make to the Pharisees because they believe something very different. They believed that God would come to us when we cleaned, people cleaned up their act and started obeying the law. And Jesus is saying something very different. And you know what? I would venture to guess most people think that. I, you know, as a pastor, Don, you've probably heard this too. I've had so many people say, you know, I would come to church, but I kind of have to clean up my act first. And I, we always hear, yeah, the, the walls would crash in if I went to do I, I just roll my eyes. No, they're not. No, that's not it. God's going to clean up your act. You don't clean up your act. The shepherd finds you. The Pharisees had it, had it all wrong. You know, what's interesting about Christianity, and this is grace, too. In Christianity, it's not about what we do. It's, what, it's about what God has done for us. Wow, do you see the difference there? So different. God's love is not based, God's acceptance is not based on what we do or what we don't do. In fact, you know, we can't do anything to make God love us more. We can't do anything to make God love us less. He just loves us. And so many people think that Christianity is about being a good person. I can't tell you how many new members classes I had where we would go over the parable of the lost son. And we would talk about this grace. And I would have people in those classes who have been in churches for years and years and years. I, I remember one 75-year-old man who had been in church his whole life and started hearing about grace and how it's not really about us being good people and our good works and all the rest, but it's about what God has done for us I could tell as I was teaching, the lights just went on. And he said, why haven't I heard this before? (laughs) I always thought it was just about being a good person. And I got to tell you, I hear it all the time. You know, when I do funerals, I've done over 200 funerals. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard somebody say, you know, I know old Uncle Joe, he, he's going to be in heaven. He was such a good person. And I want to say, I don't say it because pastorally it would be horrible. 
But I want to say, no, 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 no. That's not why Uncle Joe is in heaven. Because he's a good person. It's because what God has done for us in grace. Just once I want to hear somebody say, you know, Uncle Joe, what a scoundrel that guy was. But I know he's in heaven because of grace. I want to say, finally, somebody has the theology right. Do you see that, folks? And I, I would venture to guess that, that most people live their life, their Christian life like this, and they got it reversed. It's not about being a good person. Now, God may make us into a good person. But that's not how we earn God's love and acceptance. No, it's grace. It's this, this, this gift. God is extravagant with his grace. He finds us when we're lost. By the way, we're all lost. Everyone. Never has been, never will be someone who isn't lost. And you know, that's the sting of Christianity, and some people don't want to accept that. We're lost until Jesus finds us. Now, what does it mean to be lost? We could talk a lot about this. I love what Henry Nouwen, the great spiritual writer, Catholic, wrote in his book on the prodigal son, the return of the prodigal, probably his best book. He writes this, you know what? We're lost when we're deaf to the voice of God, the voice of love. We don't hear it. And we don't live our lives in response to it to this perfect love that I just explained. We're lost when we listen to all the other voices, and you know what they are, who tell us who we are and why we're valuable. We're lost. We're lost when we try to live our lives independent of God, without having God in our lives. We're lost when we don't live by grace and we think that it's by being a good person, a good church person, that, that we're found. That we have this relationship with God and God loves us. In fact, you know, I would say that this is our biggest temptation as good church people to think this way. And this is what the Pharisees thought. That we're found because we're good. No, we're found because we're lost. And that kind of lostness is perhaps worse than the sinners and the outcasts. Because you think you're found, and you're not. Jesus' harshest words were for the Pharisees and the teachers of the law because he realized they don't know what it's about. And they think they're so close. The sinners, the outcasts, they knew they were lost. <laughs> These people thought they were the insiders. We're lost when we wander from home, and we're home when we rest in the grace of God and the love of God. Finally, I'll just say this. The, we see in this 
parable that God is a God of joy, Jesus reveals to the Pharisees, the religious leaders, and to us this God of, of great joy. You want to know about the character of God, the nature of God? Here it is. It's this joyous God who finds his sheep and throws it around his shoulders and, and goes home and calls up all his friends and say, you know, rejoice with me. I have, I have found my lost sheep. Come on over. Let's barbecue some lamb and have a party. You know, it makes sense, doesn't it, that a God of such generosity and grace would also be a, a God of joy. You know, it's interesting in, in the Greek, grace, gratitude, joy, all have the same root. Somehow they're very connected. We have a, a God of great joy it says there's more rejoicing, more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents, one sinner who is found, one person who is lost who is found, than over 99 righteous who really don't think they need to repent. Great joy. Earl Palmer, who was pastor at First Press Berkeley for years, written a book on the on the parables, it's called laughter in heaven. There's great laughter in heaven. Joy in heaven. When we are found. And you know what, folks? When we live at home, knowing we are loved, when we live by grace, joy is ours. Deep joy. So I go back to my original question. What is God like well Jesus said God is like a shepherd who has a hundred sheep and he loses one and he searches and he searches and he searches God we thank you for this great parable for the very apparent clear good news that we are loved even when we're lost even when we turn our backs from you, even when we are deaf to the voice of your love, and that you are a God who is constantly trying to bring us back to yourself through grace. We're grateful, and may we be people who live in this grace, the freedom of knowing that we are loved regardless because you are like a shepherd who searches for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.